and we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, the New Jersey man himself, the Rutgers homer himself, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. I wouldn't call myself a, a Rutgers homer, but uh, Blake, I appreciate that we've got a, a nice, fun little back and forth already in the chat as people are starting to populate with the go Ducks, go Dogs back and forth, and we're not even talking about uh, the Pac-12 championship game today. I mean, look, I got to say this, okay? I've been doing this for some time now, since 2016, mm -hmm. meaning media shows, stuff like that. I have never, and I mean ever, seen two fan bases go at each other's throats for 24 hours straight, more than I saw. And I told you on the show that this yeah. game chaos, is pure chaos than the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. They were going after it, man. Dude, we were texting about this. I Well, because not only were they collectively complaining about things that we said, but the war that was ensuing between them, it, it, I, I'm glad that we we sparked such a conversation. I think it's great. This coming from Brandon28283 on YouTube. Oh, no. Tell your mama to come get her knee pads from my house. <laughs> Somebody commented that Somebody on our video. Somebody commented on that. <laughs> I go and check it this morning. It mm. looks like it's either been deleted or taken down because it looks oh. like, I'm like, oh, man. Brandon two eight two eight three, like come on, man. You know I'm sorry that this happened. It wasn't us. I no. love stuff like that, but not the only thing that we saw. Oregon and Washington fans mm. also in the comments on the show on YouTube going at it. A lot of fan bases in, uh, in tune for this week, but this time we are going to be talking about the ACC championship game, Florida State, Florida. Joe, we got the college football preview show that came out last night. What do you think? We'll give some quick thoughts on that because we'll do our picks, and yep. we already gave that. Also, Texas and Oklahoma State. I will tell you, there is a path that Texas can get upset in. They're going to need some help, like some miracle-level type of help, but we're going to talk about uh, Texas and, uh, and Oklahoma State here tonight too. And, Joe, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. What? Bobby Petrino is back at Arkansas. It is so fitting. It is so unbelievably fitting, and it makes me so happy that he's back. I mean, think of a better marriage. Is there a better marriage than for him to return I, to Arkansas? I got to be honest. I think in the immediate part of all of this, especially in the beginning of next year, I don't think that there's anything, any other coach that could be worse for Sam Pittman. Mm. Wait, you think I, that really? Well, because it's a lose-lose, and let me tell you why. Because Arkansas fans have always wanted Bobby Petrino back because they wanted to win. They were like, so what? He was having sex with his secondary, and they were, you know, wrecked on a motorcycle. Who cares? We were winning. Mm. If the offense goes crazy next year, or even does much better than they did, people are going to be calling for Bobby P. And Very if they're point. losing, they're going to be calling for Bobby P to be the interim. Let's see what he can do. It's a lose-lose for Sammy for Sammy Pittman. That's a very good point. If things go according to plan, you're bringing back a guy that the fan base loves, which 
is good and bad for what you're talking about. They're going to be excited that Bobby Petrino is producing good results, and they're probably going to produce good results because he's a fantastic offensive mind. I mean, heck, we saw what he did with freaking Max man. Johnson. Yeah, right. Max Johnson was playing, and we know that Max Johnson's inconsistent and makes a ton of mistakes, and he still played decent, productive football for, for most of the game. By the way, shout out to Max Johnson. He transferred to North Carolina today. Mac Talk Brown about a drop-off. Can I tell you something that's crazy? Don't say it. Can I tell you something that's crazy? If you say that it's not much of a drop-off from Drake May to oh, Max Johnson. Oh, no, no, okay. no, no, okay. no, 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 okay. But I don't know if I'm if I'm still on the Drake May hype train. As a prospect? Yeah. Dude, come on. You know who he uh, reminds me of? Justin Herbert. The real ones are going to say okay. Justin Herbert well, because for, he's going to get he's going to no, get inappropriate. Justin Herbert, when you said that, I was like, oh wait, he does kind of remind me of Justin Herbert. You yeah. know who he reminds me of? Who? You ever seen that movie with Kevin Costner called Draft Day? Dude, he is he's not he's Bo, Bo Callahan. He is how Bo is he Bo Callahan? I hear things. Okay, to my point why he's Justin Herbert, what happened when Justin Herbert came out? Everyone's like, oh, he's not a leader. He's too quiet. The team didn't like him. He couldn't play in Mario Cristobal's offense. He goes to the NFL and he's, no, he's below most, 500 as a quarterback. He has had a bad coach. Look, I, under I understand and I get that the coaching ain't got nothing to do with them interceptions he'd be throwing. He's still one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. And we've seen the highs. Wait, wait, wait. We have seen the highs in his best performances. He has played outrageously good at times in his career with the Chargers. It's just inconsistent because they've had so many problems with injuries, with the coaching staff. I, I get it. But Drake May will be Justin Herbert. He will be C.J. Stroud. It's going to be the same shit. We're going to dissect the hell out of him. Caleb Williams is going to go first. And then Drake May is going to have an unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm already team. out on Caleb Williams. I knew that. Michael Penix is better than Justin Herbert. We got a lot to talk about here. That's not true. <laughs> it is true. We got a lot to talk about here tonight. We got the ACC, the Big 12, our thoughts on the college football playoff committee. And, their, dude, again, they can. I, I'm not even going to start there. We'll, could, what did we think of last night's rankings? Mm. We'll talk a little bit about that, Bobby P, and then we'll give our picks. Uh, for that let's talk about our good friends over at <laughs> morgan says blake you don't believe that no i do not i do <laughs> not i do not believe that it's just a joke so about our good friends over at betonline.ag everybody do us a, fa uh, a favor on facebook hit the like and share if you're on youtube joe we're closing in i mean we got one more day we could hit 900 subscribers on youtube this month alone so mm. everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share shit all those social media groups all social media pages you're listening to us on the podcast rate review and subscribe you want to do acc first or yep. bobby p what do you want to do what, what, what are we going to talk about first uh let's come out with bobby p and then we'll do acc we're back next ben online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with the first to market odds in lines Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live 
in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's Believe Fifty B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. We're back. Hold. I will make a proclamation here today. You ready? Okay. If Texas beats Oklahoma and gets into the playoff. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State into the playoff. Thank you. I will say Texas is back. I will clip that if you do that. Okay. Texas is back. Quinn Ewers is going to be back. You know who's not going to be back at Arkansas? K.J. Jefferson. K.J. Jefferson, which is kind of crazy if you think about it because Bobby Petrino, it is reported, is going to be the new offensive coordinator at the University of Arkansas, which is a little ironic because today one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen at Arkansas, at least in my opinion, K.J. Jefferson. Well, Joe, is he in the portal? Is he not in the portal? I mean, we don't really know because he posted on Instagram that he goes, I haven't made up my mind yet. Yada, 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 yada. I don't know if he's in or out. We'll find that out sooner rather than later. But Bobby Petrino is back in Arkansas. What do you think of the move? So we were just talking about it a second ago. I think that as you have illustrated this, if offensively, if things go well, it does create this awkward potential tension with the coaching staff because Arkansas fans have wanted him to come back since everything that had happened. Plain and simple, I think that this is going to be really a, a, a big positive. I, I think that their offense is going to take a huge, massive step forward. We had question marks about Danny, Danny Nose. There were even question right. marks if Kendall Bryles was really the guy going forward, and he ended up leaving and going to TCU, which failed horribly. I really think that him coming back is going to be massive for Sam Pittman sticking around for a longer period of time. What they do <laughs> need to do, though, I think that they need to do whatever they can to recruit KJ Jefferson to stick around because plain and simple, I think that he would work perfectly in the scheme that Bobby Petrino calls. We have seen the quarterbacks that are active runners that have played in this scheme that have been highly productive. I mean, we know what Ryan Mallett did. We know what uh, Lamar Jackson did. And I don't, I'm not necessarily saying he's up to that Lamar Jackson level physically, but he can still have one of his best seasons in college and stay right where he is. Maybe there's a soured relationship between him and Sam Pittman we don't know about, but you got to do whatever you can to keep KJ Jefferson around if you want to have a good year this upcoming season. Joe, I think it's a lose-lose because I I, I just can't um, – I, I can't envision – now, I do think if they're winning and Sam Pittman – and Arkansas is winning. I don't think there would be a lot of heat to fire him. I'm not saying he would be fired if they're winning. Obviously, they wouldn't. But I do think that there would be a lot of tension. There will be, like you mentioned, a lot of tension in that building because it's like, hey, man, we actually weren't that bad defensively. Joe, their front seven was actually pretty decent this year. You go look at what they did uh, under Barry Odom and how much better they progressed defensively literally since game one 
It was mm. the fact that they could not run the ball, even with Rocket Sanders and a lot of these big offensive linemen, who, by the way, did get hurt. But that's the area that I got to focus on. Joe, they are so bad along their offensive line, which is supposed to be the strength of Sam Pittman. He has not been recruiting at the level that you would think a coach that's a specialty. So let me give an example. You see Saban bringing in a lot of DBs. You used to see Dabo, but stay with me here. Dabo bringing in the receivers like he used to. And by the way, old you see old Dabo today? Offering Dude, the, the in the portal? The Yeah, a Division two offensive lineman. I, I great work, Dabo. Done. I hear he's not done. I hear he's I not know, done. but it's it's hilarious that the first kid he offers is a Division two. It's a troll, and you know that he's trolling people when he does that. I know. I know. You see Kirby with defensive linemen. Like, you, guys that normally, okay, specialize in something, when they go to a place, that it usually takes over. It has not done that for Sam Pittman. But, man, if they start losing, the Hogs are going to be calling all right. The Hogs are going to be calling for his head on a silver platter, and Juracek is going to give it to him. I think it's a lose-lose. The only thing that he can, that can happen for him is that he just wins, and then Bobby Petrino gets offered a head coaching job somewhere, somewhere mm. bigger, and then they do good. That's the only way that he will keep his job. <laughs> I, but – for me, man, it's so funny because I remember vividly because LSU, the team that I root for, a team that I cover now, Arkansas is a big rival to them. Maybe not so much for LSU in the past couple of years because we just kick their ass every year. But for Arkansas, right. it is their game. It is 1,000% their game. And I remember him having teams that were 10-2. and two. Joe, they went 11-1. And the only loss that they had in 2011 was against that Tyron Matthew and that really good LSU defense. And then all of a sudden, with a secretary on the back of his bike, they get in a wreck. And if Bobby Petrino does not show up to a press conference in a neck brace, what are we doing here, I might add? It's just so crazy to me that we're here. It's so – I feel like I'm watching an episode of Days of Our Lives, man. It's just incredibly – ironic the you know the cosmic irony for the build-up the ascension of Arkansas football it was at a point where we have never seen them as you talked about right the unbelievable talent that was being produced the NFL cal caliber players the offensive production for it to all come tumbling down for something just so silly and it's it's stuff that we hear rumors about. That That's the craziest part. It's stuff that you hear rumors about across college football, like with Brian Harson is a really good example that comes to mind. But to the fact that we had the, the visible, uh, clear evidence of him showing up to that press conference, for him to come full circle, to not only be hired as the head coach, but to be hired as an assistant to come back, I think is perfectly hilarious. Now, if he had a sense of humor, he would wear the neck brace to a press conference, and I would absolutely root for it. Um, I mean, By the look, way, I think had some really good players on that team. Dmac was 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 one of those players, right? I don't I don't want to get I ahead of myself. I don't. I'm pretty sure Darren McFadden was not. Maybe he was. Maybe I'm misremembering. I'm kind of. I'm trying to look that up right now. Right, I want to. I, re I remember some of those guys that were on that. The first team. thing that shows up when you type up uh, type in Bobby Petrino is like eight different pictures of him wearing the neck brace. <laughs> so great, man. So great. Tyler Wilson. I remember that. Tyler Wilson, Brandon Allen. Brandon yes. Mitchell. 
Those were the years. He running backs. He had Nile Davis. You remember Nile Davis? Number seven. I remember. I remember, remember Nile Davis. Yeah. I, I mean, look, what a hell of a what a hell of a team. What a hell of a hell of a ride there for them. Uh Darren McFadden was there. He was there. Wait, wait, wait. Two thousand no, seven. Uh, it was right. It yeah. was right before. It was right before. Because yeah. uh, we had a super chat, by crazy. the way. Oh, we do. Yeah, from Elks. Oh no. Oh, yeah, he's no. stern. He's okay, stern. before we get rolling into the games here, Elks says, so how much – oh, yes, I love this. How much Notre Dame tampering is going on for Riley Leonard that's two years in a row, Joe? Notre Dame stays ruining QBs. Look, the tampering stuff, I know it's funny, and you like to say it to me because it gets me upset. <laughs> Everyone tampers. Most major programs tamper. It – and I look, it kind of goes in line with the whole Michigan argument that I had that everyone got upset with my reasoning saying, like, just because everyone does it, does it doesn't make it right. Notre Dame hasn't been caught doing anything. Notre Dame has not been accused of tampering publicly by any other entities. So why does it matter? They're, they're not, like Camp not Ward is being tampered with right now. And by the way, I believe the Buckeyes are one of those teams that have been in the discussion as a possible landing spot for Cam Ward. So I, and he even said it here. I want Cam Ward at OSU. I mean, but but Cam Ward's not in the portal yet. So Riley Leonard also wasn't in the portal yet. So again, but, both are being tampered. Hold on. Can you let me finish? Go ahead. Before you get all mad, you damn Italian. Okay, Sorry. both of us are Italian. Don't bring us down. Yeah. But I have the action of Riley Leonard not only getting into the portal, I literally have him going into the portal. Okay. I have at 301, Pete Thamel tweeting, watch out for Notre Dame here. At 302, I have him putting a please do not contact me thing on his name in the portal. Everyone knows that he was going to Notre Dame. You know, everybody who knows you, that. That means that there was tampering. And you know that, Joe. You know that. I can't speak on to some of the information that I know, but I don't think to the degree of information. And I told you what I knew where, like at a, at a, at a different point in the season, having, I, I don't think that it, he was not induced. He was not offered any money to come, come to Notre Dame. That's all I will say. And I don't think that that is as horrible as what we're already. There was a report out yesterday that Cam Ward has 10, $1 million offers on the table to transfer. And he has not entered the portal. That is blatant. None of that information has come out on Riley Leonard. The information that I have on Riley Leonard, I don't think is that bad. And again, I told you that a, a time ago. And I don't know if you remember what I told you. I remember what you told me, but I, I you better clip this. Since we didn't talk about Bobby Petrino all that much, you better clip this and put Riley Leonard to Notre Dame, question mark. Now, look, I will say, okay, I don't think it's a bad move for Notre Dame. What I will be, and, and when if I'm being realistic, okay, I don't think it's a good move for Riley Leonard. Now, you tweeted out something, and I was kind of joking, but I kind of wasn't. When you said Riley Leonard could be a potential first-round guy if he gets around elite talent, well, then that's not going to Notre Dame, right? Like, Well, he was already a first. Uh, that wasn't what I said. I said that he had a first-round grade, and I think that he can blossom in the right offense. Well, yes, Notre he's going to get hampered. You know what I'm trying to get at there. Okay, yeah. I misconstrued, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, Notre Dame is not the place for him. Joe, they got, again, 
I will say this until I'm blue in the face. Notre Dame will not get over the hump, regardless if you believe I'm biased because Brian Kelly's at LSU, whatever you want to say, you will not get over the hump until you go spend money and get a guy like Ludwig. Go get the, a good offensive coordinator. Parker's if, coming back, so that's not happening anytime soon. But, I, but you get you know that I'm right. I know. They, their system does not fit Riley Leonard. It doesn't. Unless they're going to go spread, zone read, RPO, they're not going what, to – what are we doing? Well, we don't know that they're not going to make adjustments to better fit Riley Leonard's play style. They, they ran they ran a style of – They couldn't make adjustments on the offense that they were running now. The offense that they were running was more suited for Sam Hartman. That was a pro-style – Multiple tight end set, downhill under center Somebody offense. Somebody to tell Sam Hartman. Well, Sam Hartman had nobody to throw to. Look, I, I'm i just going to say this. There are receivers that have entered the portal that I think are going to be on Notre Dame's radar. There are a number of high four-star receivers that were recruited last cycle that are going to be going to be able to step into the lineup now that are going to have a year under their belt of redshirting. And they've also got a number of talented freshmen coming in. I don't think next year is going to be as bad as this year was. I really nine, don't. Nine and three? You don't think you? I mean, you don't think oh, you can go nine and three next year? Because you can go nine and three next year. I'm not saying nine and three. I'm I'm saying that the the lackluster offensive performances right. that cost them those three games. All right, we've wasted way too much time. You better clip this Riley Leonard thing since you you uh, would I not will. allow me to talk about Bobby Petrino. Okay. Well, no. we talked about it. I want else not, paid not a long, not as long chat. as I wanted to. Sorry. All right, no problem. Speaking of the ACC, which we weren't actually talking about the ACC. Yeah, yeah, we were, because Duke and, and Riley Leonard. Nevertheless, ACC championship game, Louisville. Speaking of a transfer quarterback, Jake Plummer is going to be in this one. And then you have Florida State in the ACC championship game. Joe, listen. Um, I feel like I told you this earlier today. I, I know I picked Louisville last week. To win, and I lost that game over Kentucky. I think you did too. Mm -hmm. um, but man, I got to tell you, I hate this style of matchup for Florida State right now. I hate it. It is arguably the, one of the worst matchups they can have. Can I tell you why? Because I don't think that Tate Rotomaker is going to be able to throw them to a win, like be able to just dot dudes up. I don't think that that can happen. What I do think that they're going to try to do is with Trey Benson, they're going to try to run the football. But, Joe, Louisville is elite against the run. They're a, I shouldn't say elite. They are really – that's a bad word by me. They yeah, are actually, elite. I disagree with that. Joe, they're 11th in the country against the run. What happened last week when they played Kentucky? I don't care about what they did last week. I, I don't care. You know why? Because I also saw Auburn – get beat by New Mexico State, and then the week after that, literally the week after, they're a play from way from beating what could be the SEC champ. You're I, right. I understand that. Dude, they overachieved, and they had three bad turnovers. But that's not even the side of the ball that lost them the game. It's not. The offense for Louisville last week had three turnovers and then a turnover on down, and that's what lost them the football game. It was not what they were doing defensively. They broke there at the end, and they couldn't contain. They couldn't do anything right. 
So I look at this game and say, look, if Tate Rotomaker plays just like he did last week against what I'm going to tell you, Joe, is a better defense, they could be in trouble. Blake, I think that last week, I understand that rivalry weekends are crazy. The outcomes, no the performance, it, it, it's very crazy. But we can't just ignore what happens in these games because to me, it's very telling of how a team steps up to the plate, one, when their back is up against the wall, but in big-time games when they need to get wins. Louisville had a, had a long shot to get into the playoff, but there it was still somewhat on the table. There was some capability, some maybe some type of discussion that if they ran the table, they dominated Florida State in the ACC championship game, who knows? But they faltered. They failed. And I get what you're saying, that their offense didn't step up to the plate on a number of drives and they had turnovers. They still scored 31 points. This is not an offense that's been averaging 40 plus points. This is not one of the top, a top 15, top 20 offense in the country. They're a good offense. Jawar Jordan, Jamari Thrash have been fantastic for this offense. Jack Plummer has played up and down, but he's played consistently good. I pay close attention to the fact that they forced multiple turnovers and still lost this football game. At the end of the game, Devin Leary threw one of the worst interceptions that I have ever seen all season long, which epitomized how god-awful Kentucky was offensively in that game. And Louisville still found a way to lose because they could not stop the rushing game, and they also could not get stops in important spots when they needed. You know what it also tells me? Wait, wait, if, if Devin Leary turned the ball over the way that he did and they still won, it tells me that if Tate Rodemaker comes out, plays a shaky game the same way he did against Florida, they can still find ways to win and that Trey Benson can help carry them to a victory if Tate Rotomaker doesn't step up to the plate. You 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 miss one massive thing. Can I tell you what it is? What? Devin Leary dropping absolute dimes in that game too to win. I Tate Rotomaker can do that. No Rotomaker has seen, can make good throws. Have you ever seen him against a defense in the Power Five, much less in a championship game? Do you really think that Tate Rotomaker is going to go out there and light them up? What did Cardell Jones do when he played Wisconsin? You cannot Why use can't I? Because we should pull up his stats. Are you really comparing Tate Rotomaker to Cardell Jones? Yeah, because Cardell Jones threw multiple interceptions on that national championship run in multiple games. He didn't play as great as Yo, everyone remembers that he did. You know that the physical traits you could see with Cardell Jones – you I think Tate not... Rotomaker is more physically gifted than Cardell Jones is. There's oh no difference between God, the two of that. You're acting like Tate Rotomaker is a, a walk-on. He was a four-star recruit. Joe, just based off of Cardell Jones's athleticism, he's a better overall prospect. Again, Cardell Jones on that run did not play like throw for 400 yards in those three games and play out of his mind. He he threw for like two hundred yards and had a touchdown. The Alabama game? How he had a touchdown and an interception in that game. So a kid that throws an interception in a game's not good. So Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He throws an hold on. He throws an interception in a Super Bowl. Tom Brady's ass. That's I didn't say Cardell Jones's ass, but we we act like Tate Rotomaker has some grand expectation that he has to live up to. One of the worst defenses. He couldn't put a drive together. He missed Keon Coleman in the back of the end zone that my third 
three or four year old could make on any live long day. I, I I think that you're you're completely underestimating his capabilities. It was his first game, and we talked about the difficulties that is required to perform well in the swamp. It is such a difficult situation. He got that out of his system. That's completely out of his system. I believe that he can get the job done. Most importantly, because I think that Trey Benson is licking his chops after watching Ray Davis run all over this Louisville run defense that is supposed to be as good as it's been painted. Everything that you just said literally does not compute. I can't, I, I can't look at you right now, man. I can't. <laughs> Everything that you just said has no bearing on what you've seen from Tate Rotomaker and you know it. How can you look at Tate Rotomaker and say to yourself okay. that he can get it done, but when every single week that you watched a guy like Jalen Milrow, you said that he didn't have a chance. I saw Tate Rotomaker legitimately go into the swamp and miss wide-ass open dudes. Now, you can say Blakey's on the road. It's his first start. Okay, that's my point. I'm not saying that down the line he's going to be a bad prospect. What I'm saying is I've seen guys like Jane Daniels who might be your Heisman Trophy winner. I've seen guys like Bo Nix who might be your Heisman Trophy winner, Michael Penix included. Their first couple of starts were really rough for them. And then you're asking him in his second overall start to play a top 10 rushing defense who we've seen at times play like their hair's on fire. Yes, they lost to a really bad Kentucky team. I understand what you're saying. This matchup of what we saw them try to do last week does not compute. Joe, Florida couldn't stop the run to save their lives down the stretch. They couldn't. Louisville is better at them at doing it in a neutral field. There's a reason why this game's at uh, the spread is at two and a half. You, let me tell you why it is. Because nobody in their right mind right now has enough faith that Tate Rotomaker on the road again can do something like this and win the championship. You know that. I know that. Both of our memos know that. Everybody knows that. So when you say that everything that they're trying to do is what we saw last week in running the football against the ACC's number one rush defense that they have in that conference, that they're going to be able to do that consistently, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Blake, here's the one thing, though, that I, I just I don't really think that is, is totally fair to do here with Tate Rotomaker. I understand your skepticism. I'm not saying that he's played perfect football, and I'm not saying that he's going to show up in this game and that he's going to play lights out and that he's going to throw for 300 yards and win them the football game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply pointing out the fact that if Devin Leary found a way to win, turning the ball over and making the mistakes that he did, he is not some uh, you know anemic, incapable quarterback. He's got a good arm. He is a. What do, you, what do you think of Sam Hartman? I think that Sam Hartman is a quarterback who is very experienced, and I think that he played like shit against Louisville. So, if you're going to use the same logic against Devin with Devin Leary, you got to use the same. Joe, teams can. 
I get what you're saying. You can't just look at what happened last week in a, in a rivalry game. You can't. I'm not just doing that, though. I'm not just doing that. And also, by the way, the same applies here for Tate Rodemaker for playing poorly in a rivalry game. I think that that needs to be brought up here. That needs to be discussed. We, you know, those things need to be equal. We're reading in, you're reading heavily into the way that he played in a rivalry game. I'm reading heavily into the way that Louisville played in a rivalry game. Joe, I also, wait, wait, wait. My biggest thing here with, though, with Louisville, besides that Notre Dame game, yes, the NC State win is nice. Who else have they played? a truly dominant good game against that we can feel confident that this, that this team is as good as they have propped up to be. I said this the whole entire time when they were ranked in the top 10, that they did not belong because they have not done anything that inspires much faith in them for me, that they are as good as being justified as being a top 10 team. I think they are a 15 to 20 quality team. And I don't think that they have done enough this entire season to justify the, the, the hype that they've been getting. And it applies to the hype that they're getting coming into this game. There is this picture that nationally, I think the media has painted of them that we've all just bought into when the reality is much different. Their offense has disappeared in a bunch of games, as you've talked about. I'm talking about the way they played against NC State. I'm talking about the way that they played against Duke. They have faltered a number of times. They've also almost lost games that they shouldn't have against NC State, against UVA against Miami. I I have to acknowledge the fact they have they have two losses. I said they almost lost. Oh, well the I'm only thing that they play the only thing that almost works in is horseshoe and hand grenades. I have seen enough mediocre football from them to know that they're not as good as everyone thinks that they are. Were you talking about Washington or were you talking about Louisville? You stink. <laughs> All right. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but everybody saw what happened with Florida State last week and said to themselves, hey, man, they are really good at, run, at, at, at getting Trey Benson the football and him hitting the hole. Joe, the worst thing that they do, literally, the worst thing statistically that Florida State does, what do you think it is? It's running the football inside. It's running the football inside, okay? I understand that worked against Florida. Louisville is not Florida. They're just not. So when you have to lean on that and you already have the skepticism, okay, of both teams, both teams play Miami extremely close. Yeah. They have yeah. – they, both of them have a common opponent that everybody knows and you watch because Louisville almost got beat, Right. And Florida State, Miami was hanging around, okay, with Emory Williams and the boys. So I, I'm just, I'm just saying, no, I, I think that there's going to be some chaos this week. I do not see four undefeated teams making the playoff. And if I will I, admit, I will admit, if somebody loses, it's probably Florida State. But I don't think that that that's going to happen. There's no okay. Well, four teams aren't getting in there. Four four undefeated teams aren't getting in there. I, I, at least that's – it would be chaotic. At some point, we're going to have a week where nothing but chaos happens. And I think it's this week. We always see it. Four undefeated teams aren't getting in. It's just I, – I can't – my mind can't compute that. So, right. we'll see. Now, I will tell you this. Louisville defensively 
even with what happened last week, show they're still a top 20 defense. They've been a top 20 defense all season long. They play fast. They play physical. But the number one thing that I think if Florida State wins in this football game, their third down defense is elite. Their defensive line has not been good in the run game. They're 45th in the in the country in rush defense. But Louisville's biggest weakness and Florida State's biggest strength, third down, Florida State can win that. It will be close because of it, but I'm going to take Louisville by a field goal. I'm taking the flip. I think Florida State wins this by field goal or a little. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bit more. Okay. Uh, when Ta- if Tate Rotomaker throws a throws a touchdown pass in this one, I'll buy you a cookie. All right. Does that sound good? You like cookies? Um, I don't. I know. Don't. Don't. Don't patronize me. I don't need your cookies. <laughs> You're already gonna be buying me something for winning the picks. So I'm two picks. Save back. your money. Something like that, right? Uh, yeah. No, you're three. You're okay, three well, I got bowl season and I got the playoffs to beat you in. Okay. Oklahoma State and Texas, the last Big 12 title game that Texas will be involved in. This one comes against the mullet. What do you, what do you think about this game, my good man? Look, as much as uh, I, I, we haven't been painting painted as such, but I mean, I, I have been a bit of a Texas hater. Um I was trying to find a way to rationalize. Hey, is there a is there a reasonable possibility here? And and as we really dive into this, there's not. Oklahoma State played the game of their lives against Oklahoma. That was a fantastic performance, and they have beaten up on the middle of the Big Twelve. Ollie Gordon is really fun to watch, and he is somebody who I will continually bring up as an X factor in any game that they play. But at the end of the day. The fact that this team is 111th in pass defense allowed oh, and 102nd in run defense allowed. They got walloped by UCF, who has a losing record. I see this game playing out as being close in the first quarter, and then we start chirping on Twitter, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen with Texas? And then there's going to be one big shot and then another big shot by Texas, and they're going to start to pull away. Kind of like the the Texas Tech, Texas Tech game, but it wasn't close you know, for very long. It'll probably be close for the first quarter, and then Texas will pull away. I think that this has splattering written all over it. Now, in the beginning of the show, I told you that for this game, there's going to be – somebody's going to have to be Superman. And guess who it isn't? It isn't Ollie Gordon. Do you know who it's got to be? Alan Bowman. Let me tell you why. I've heard a lot about Texas. I've heard that, you know, those are games that they would have normally lost, and which is all true. I've heard maybe, you know, they are back. Maybe Sark really, because of recruiting, development, and how they've looked offensively, that they're back. Okay, well, we're about to find out. This is the ultimate test because of all the stigma that surrounds you in it. Can you finish? Alan Bowman is going to have to go off. He has more interceptions than he does touchdowns, but he does have three straight games where he's thrown for 300 yards. 
I will tell you, if there is a way, and look, Alan Bowman's thrown that thing over 400 times. He he would look. I know the touchdown to interception ratio is completely off, but there are yards to be had in this Texas secondary. Joe, I've been saying this, I, I don't know how long. Texas is one of the worst secondaries in the country that nobody's talking about. They are 93rd in the country in passing yards allowed. So I use that to say when it's not just my thought process, right? It's not like I'm not just coming out here saying, oh, their secondary is not that good. They got some young guys that I do think are getting are getting better. I will admit I think that some of these young fresh, uh, sophomores and freshmen are getting better. But I think that we got a splattering on our hands because I just – as much as I say that about Texas' secondary – Joe, Oklahoma State's defense has been so, so, bad, so bad all year. That if basically when I'm calling for Oklahoma to Oklahoma State to win, you got to have a shootout, and you're not going to win in a shootout against Texas, buddy. I'm sorry. The or actually, here's the other way that I, I see this, and it, it's we got to look back to what happened when they beat Oklahoma. Alan Bowman, as you just talked about, there was was flawless. He didn't turn the ball over. He played his best game of his career. He looked phenomenal. That's the version of Alan Bowman we need. We need Ollie Gordon to have a number of splash plays. But most importantly, the reason why Oklahoma lost that game is because they made a number of critical mistakes. There were a number of stupid, stupid mistakes that cost them that football game. Texas has played their cleanest football all year long all year long in the, in this current stretch of, of games that they have. They have been fantastic. I don't think this is going to happen, but the only reasonable way that it it ends up playing out this way is if Quinn Ewers and the, you know the running back core turn the ball over three-plus times. They're going to have to make a bunch of stupid, stupid mistakes if that ends up happening. That's realistically the only possibility because Oklahoma State's very advantageous. They are a team that has succeeded by taking advantage of of mistakes so that's what's probably going to need to happen for him dude i i are you like me and thinking that this game is going to be a splattering yeah i wait let me throw this out there at you i think texas needs to win this game by 20 plus to help their case for the playoff when when it gets contentious i'm glad you brought that up because you talked about Cardell Jones earlier, which makes me think of this, okay? Which, what a pull, Cardell Jones. Didn't think that that name would come up in this show today, but nevertheless, here we are. Remember that year when we did not know if they were going to make the playoff, and um, they legitimately, I think it was Wisconsin that they went out there against and beat them like 59-7, to something ridiculous, and they get in the playoff, uh, they win it all. I forget yeah. the final score of that game, but in the Big Ten championship game, they blew them out um I agree with you I think Texas has to do that okay but nevertheless I don't know if they can do that because look Brooks is not there if look I I, my personal opinion I know that I thought that they're gonna have to win a shootout you're gonna have to keep the ball as long as you can if you're Oklahoma State you got to do what Mizzou did to Tennessee and just hold on to the ball for 40 minutes don't give them the ability to score but look, I, I, the bottom line thing is for me, Joe, okay, bottom line, I think Texas is going to win. I would pick them by two scores. I like Oklahoma State. I like watching the mullet coach. I like Alan Bowman, even though you said I don't. I love Ollie Gordon. 
but I just don't think they have enough enough green grass athletes to take on Texas. I think Texas wins this. And Joe, I'm going to be honest. I thought about this longer this week. I think that Texas, if one of these teams up top loses, I think that they're in. I I, I really do. Uh, I I agree with that, and I I think that the way. This really does give them a good opportunity because we both agree that we think that this is going to be just insanely lopsided um, because of the momentum that Texas has right now and the way that Oklahoma State has been scraping by in so many of the games that they've had recently. I'm not – Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say they have a a situation here where the committee is going to have this lasting memory in their mind when they're making this decision. They're going to be like, look what they just did in their championship game. Look what they just did. Why wouldn't we pick this team that just did this? And if Washington and Florida State go down, I think it's an easy plug-in for Texas to go in. I think even if Florida State does win, and even if that game's close, Mm. if they blow out Oklahoma State, they are going to be tempted to put them in. I'm telling you. Watch what I'm telling I you. I, I won't take us down that rabbit hole. I won't I won't take us down there because you and I Look, will start yelling at each other Don't ever forget ESPN and this college football playoff is about money, and it's about eyeballs, and there's a lot of eyeballs in Texas. That's all I'll say. All right, we're probably going to spend like five minutes on this segment, Joe, but it is. Why? Why, why would we only spend five minutes? This is a good we game. Don't, we don't have longer than that because oh. you brought us down the ultimate Notre Dame rabbit hole. Anyway, it was a super chat. Blame Elks. Sorry. Sorry. Big 10 title game this weekend, Iowa versus Michigan. We just got done talking about one splattering alert that we think is going to happen this week. I think here comes another one. Joe, they, Iowa can't score. They, they can't score. We haven't talked about Iowa all year. The only thing that we talked about Iowa was when Brian Ferentz, it was announced or reported that he was going to be stepping down at the end of the year. That's all we talked about him. They do continue to win, though. They do continue to win. Look, they had the most uh, the ugliest game I've ever seen in my life, Nebraska versus Iowa, even though everybody hated it. Everybody's sweet. Oh, my God, this game's so yucky. That was a great game. I don't I care what anyone says. It was a says. great game. I thought it was yeah. a fantastic football game. Yeah. God, they're going to get their asses beat so bad by Michigan. I, I have to I, – I just have to throw this out there and – Please, everybody who hears me say this, take this with a grain of salt. This is probably the most statistically, the, the statistically the best defense that they have faced. No, like in all seriousness, in all seriousness, like if we remove all the context of all the crappy offenses that they've played, they are a top 20 defense collectively, top 15 defense collectively. They are one of the best, most well-coached defenses in college football. I love Cooper Phil Jean. Yeah, Phil Parker's great defensive coordinator. Uh, Cooper Jean, I don't think is available which is going to significantly hurt them, who is going to be probably a first-round pick, fantastic football player. Um, but again, as you're talking about here, Michigan is surging. I just remember back to, I think it was two years ago when they played in the Big Ten championship game. And there was like a maybe like a tiny bit of discourse on like, hey, what if Iowa came in here and, and shook things up? and Blattering. Yeah, they blew past them before they could even get their you know their feet set. And that Iowa team was a lot better than this Iowa team. And yeah, that Michigan guys, team like was not young, as good as this Michigan team. They had a young Van Ness. And they had uh what's his name? Um who the hell was Patrick dude? They had both of the tight ends. Remember the the tight end? Uh I think he's with the Vikings Laporta. now. Laporta. Laporta. No, Hawkinson was not there. Yeah, not Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Wait. 
Oh yeah, Laporta is with the, uh, the Lions. Uh, yeah, what's his name's with the Vikings? Hawkinson. Yeah, right, 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 right. He was he wasn't there though. Right, but you get one of the white tight ends from Iowa. Okay. Yes. Yes. So there's they can't score. They're statistically they're 130th out of 130 teams in total offense. They suck on offense. They are the one of the worst offenses you'll ever see. The only reason they beat Nebraska last week. Defense. Only reason, Joe. Only yeah. reason. They got well, and also padded. Nebraska's offense is garbage. Hey, did you see Iowa's quarterback? Did you see that kid? He looks yeah. like the he looks like the Dr. Pibb version of Ben Roethlisberger. Deacon Hill is the most top-heavy frat boy quarterback <laughs> I have ever seen. Tell, in does my he life. not look like Ben Roethlisberger? Tell me he does not look like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, if Ben Roethlisberger had a dumpy little brother, yeah, that would be that would be. He him. is the Doctor <laughs> Pib. What did y'all drink in Jersey? Was it like, uh, what was what? the what was the well, Mr. Pib? I mean, I pretty, pretty Mr. Pib. Like okay, Mr. so he is the Mr. Pib version. All right, of <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Hopefully. You know, the off the field stuff doesn't follow in Deacon Hill, but jeez. You know, <laughs> nevertheless. All right. I, I will say this though before we get to picks. I I I I think for the sake of good football, Michigan winning is gonna happen. Then being the playoff is important for the landscape because again, good football is what we want. But I also root for chaos, and I think it would be hilarious for everything that happened if Iowa is the team out of all these teams. Like if everything goes uh, effectively for all the the favorites and stuff, and Florida State wins, say Washington wins. I know that they're not a favorite, but say that they win. But what if Iowa is the one who throws the chaos into the mix here by beating Michigan? I think that would be so goddamn funny, Joe. They're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Stop Doesn't mean I'm not gonna root for it though. <laughs> all right, it's just it's so on. Un- uh, you know what? What happened though? Twitter would break. Twitter oh, would break. Oh, yeah. Yes. We would lead off the show with it on Sunday. Yeah. It, yeah. More than the SEC, it, it would be the, the top news story, Iowa of all teams. All right. You want to get to picks? Yeah, let's do it. Talk about our good friends over at Home Field Barrel. We come back and give you our picks for championship week. Stay with us. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Joe, tell us our picks here. So let's go, obviously, from left to right. But ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12. It looks like we got oh, pretty much all the same, but one little mix up here with Louisville, which we just talked about. 
Yeah, so we obviously we we're not going to repeat the shouting match that just happened. Uh, you and I see two completely different stylistic teams here. I think that Florida State, despite their issues with the quarterback position, are going to find a way to win that game. I mean, uh, Bama versus Georgia, it is what it is. I think that we, even though in the preview you kind of leaned Alabama the way that you you led that in, and I think a lot of the comments kind of think that you were leaning Alabama. Uh, we both understand that Georgia is a juggernaut. They are unstoppable, and they're a terrible, tough matchup for Alabama to have to deal with. And then lastly, we just we just talked about this. I mean, Michigan, we know who they are. We know that they're going to beat Iowa pretty easily. And Texas could likely get that blowout against Oklahoma State. I did pick Louisville. I hate myself for it. I just think that there's going to be some chaos here. Um, I was I was ever so close to picking Alabama, which you mentioned earlier. Because oh my god, if you did that, I wouldn't. Have, I I would have. I I actually might have like like burst a a blood vessel in my in my head or something. I was and close didn't. to picking him just to be a troll, and then I was like, okay, well, it's the end of the year. Some of these games Come that on. I'm picking, I got to, I got to get serious here. I'm down. All right, but I do think Georgia's going to win. I think they win by a field goal as well. I think that game is super close. I do think Jalen Milrow makes some really crazy plays uh, in that game. Um, the other side, Joe, obviously I'm going Oregon. You're going Washington. I picked Oregon and win the yeah. Pac-12. You picked Washington. We talked about that. Tulane, SMU. I'm going with the boys from Nolan. You're going from the boys from Fort Worth. We both picked Troy. We both picked Liberty to win the Sun Belt and the CUSA. I, I guess any more thoughts on that? Uh, I really like Preston Stone, and I think that despite Tulane being as good as they've been this year, I think that SMU has been a they're they're a sleeper. You know, they they are an underrated yeah. G five team. They're sneaky good, and I think they're going to go into the ACC and and stir up some shit. I really think that they're going to cause some problems, and this could be a stepping stone for them. Yeah, Rhett Lashley, a guy that I know that we talked about a lot during the uh, non playing portion of the year. Yeah. Um, Doing a great job. Look, that Dallas-Fort Worth area, they got a lot of – it's a hotbed for recruiting. A lot of kids go there that don't go to the bigger schools. They've been pretty good this year. Just don't think it matters because there's one big difference here. You know what it's called? It's called what? Michael Pratt. All right, so give me, the Pratt, give me the Prattster. Give me Tulane. And if I pick against Tulane, the entire city of New Orleans would hate me, and I don't I don't want that. Um Final thoughts here on the week, Oregon and Washington. I think that's the biggest one that you and I are going to be watching on Friday night here. I Let's still go stick. Ducks. Let's go Ducks. I still stick with what I said. I, I think that Washington has been challenged and they know how to recover from those challenges. And this is going to be another one of those games where they figure out a way to bounce back. They're going to get punched in the face and they will bounce back. Let's go, Ducks. You know, I heard Dan Lanning speak today. Uh-huh. And he's got a defensive blitz package for old Mr. Ne uh, uh, Penix. Is that what he said? Yeah, I, I got a package. Any more than that. Yeah, I, I got a package for him. It's called the Flying V, and we're going to take their ass out. Did he actually say this? Actually, no. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm just – I'm making it up. But – I like. I gotta stay with my pick here, man. I gotta stay with the Ducks. I've been with them all year. Haven't picked against them. And what's so crazy is I'm an LSU guy, and I need them to lose. Okay, because uh, 
of Jaden Daniels. By the way, last thing. We had a comment on the show, okay? Oh, I, when we did the when we did the Pac-12 uh championship preview, I was wearing a purple shirt and you were wearing a shirt that had the ducks on it and you were picking Washington and I was picking That's a, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. That's hilarious. That's so wild. They wow. he, the guy was like Look at these two hobos uh, color coordinating themselves to give everybody the mismatch and color coordinating. And I'm like, oh, this guy's from Queens. Like, <laughs> the way these typing, like this guy's uh, from Queens, okay? Oh, so, God. Anyway, all right. We will see y'all again. We might do something Friday, but Joe, you know, Joe, Joe's got some. You're he's so busy. Maybe we'll do something. What are you Friday. talking Maybe about? I'm, I'm, I'm around. What are you doing? Don't, don't. Oh, okay. I thought you had to go out with your girlfriend, you know? Hey, the show is always the most important thing. Always the most important thing. If we don't see you on Friday or do something during the weekend, we surely will see you on Sunday. We got a little Sunday will probably be our biggest show, so we'll look forward to seeing yeah. you then. Until then, y'all have a good night. Peace.